Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great question. Why do Christians worship on Sunday? Because, you know, the Bible says keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah, we're going to talk about it today. And the Sabbath means Saturday. We're going to make a couple people mad, I'm sure. But uh... I don't know. I think I think today, probably for the first time ever, I'm actually going to I'm actually going to. Be a peacemaker. Be a pe- <laughs> <laughs> that is, you can do it, John. Oh my goodness! So one of the things I found interesting is you actually had a Facebook post on your Facebook that said, uh, "Pastor Duke, you'd be better off to get rid of the other guy." <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy is John on according to John. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget. Today, I love this guy. I don't know. I'm not very smart, but I love him. So we, we're having a lot of fun together, <laughs> lifting up Jesus, making His Word pure, share, pouring our hearts into you. Thanks for tuning us in. Amen. Isn't that the world awesome? Us, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, you guys have no clue how much we appreciate uh, you tuning in and listening and making, uh, according to John, uh, be top of the list on when we do a search. Pastor Duke, your podcast, Pastor Duke is top of the list on the search. When you do the search, that it means so much uh, that you guys listen to us. Thank you, thank you, thank Amen. you for that. You know, Love we don't, you guys. yeah, we don't say thank you enough. I, I'm gonna sit down and have to think about how I can put something out there uh, as a gift just to give you guys. Um, that that would be awesome. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on that. And if you have any uh, thoughts or ideas, uh, please send them my way. Uh, so so today is why do Christians worship on Sunday? That's the question we're gonna answer. And uh, the Bible uh, in the Old Testament says that, uh, keep the Sabbath holy, and that's a Saturday. And so then we're gonna go into why do we worship on Sunday? What changed? And we're gonna have a lot a lot of scripture, some good stuff for you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We love you, Father. Thank you for this opportunity, this time to come together, to share your word, to educate, to lift up. Father, I pray your hand upon this hour, uh, not only on us as we speak, but on everyone that listens. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so most Christians today worship on Sundays. Now, we still have a few uh, sects. There's a group of Seventh-day Baptists that worship on, on uh, the Sabbath, Saturday, and uh, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, uh, I think a pretty decent Christian group of people. Well, well, my, uh, my mother-in-law is Seventh-day Adventist, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so they, they worship on Saturday. There's a few differences, but... Um, I will tell you this. They love Jesus. The ones I've met do so to uh, I love them so. yeah and and you know one of the things is when we say okay why do we worship on sunday and we'll probably offend a few and and listen so here's the ones that are going to get offended the ones that are going to get offended are the ones that are not going to listen to the scriptures yeah and when you do listen to scripture i think i i think a lot of people would come to the conclusion that it's not so much what day you worship, but how you worship and are you worshiping? That that's the bottom line for me, right? But well, we can well, wait. Well, to... listen, that's not only the bottom line for you and the bottom line for me and the bottom line for anyone that's walking right with Christ. But that was the bottom line for Paul. Yeah, but Sabbath worship doesn't isn't just Sabbath only worship. Worship is every day. I was uh, sitting in a uh, classroom with a gentleman that was Seventh-day Adventist. 
and and not all think like this. So so if you're Seventh Day Adventist, please uh, uh, don't get excited. Stay calm. He knew I was Baptist of the Baptist descent, whatever you want to call it. He knew that I'm Baptistic in theology. And yet he sat there and said, if you don't go to church on Saturday, you're going to hell. I've had people tell me that too. Those are the extreme groups. Exactly. Yeah. And this dude was extreme. He needed poked in the eye so he could see better. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, and I'm sitting there going, "Uh, wait a minute. I thought, I'm going to hell because I deny Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Not because I go to church on Sunday or I go to church on Saturday or I go to church on Tuesday or I go to church on Wednesday. Who cares what day that you go to church on? Well, we're going to look at this and we're going to, we're going to see where it kind of came from. Yep. We'll just walk through the scriptures and we'll land on faith. We'll move on. The kingdom will go forward in power. I don't want to fight anybody. Nope. I just want to worship. Nope. Well, you know, like, uh, so I, I've actually preached at my mother-in-law's church, which again, I tell you, Seventh-day Adventist, mm-hmm. man, I love them and they love me and we have a great time. Well, they're just like me. They, they have a low standard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know about low standards as much as just they just, kidding, as, as much as they say, uh, God said, uh, love everyone. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And so, you know, I tell people there's, I, I look at some and I go, Hmm. I don't like you a whole lot right now, but I do love you because God tells me I have to. <laughs> but in this one right here, so uh, Sunday worship was uh, originally attributed to what's called uh, Sabbatarianism. Sabbatarianism. Now, I'm actually getting words better in this podcast than I did the last one. <laughs> Just read your notes, Johnny. That's right. They're excellent notes. So it's attributed to Sabbatarianism, and it, that is the view that one day of the week should be reserved for religious observance and worship as required by the Old Testament, okay? And so, uh, or the Old Testament laws regarding the Sabbath. And so what Sabbatarianism uh, does is it, uh, well, actually, uh, so it says, listen, you have to observe a, a day of worship as God said and keep the Sabbath holy. Then we, then this view, uh, as time went on, you know, because people get into, mix into it, and all of a sudden they got to have it something different. If, if we look at all the different religions in the world, it's because someone said, oh, yeah, so I like I like the base, but now let's add to it. It's kind of like, hey, I like the Christmas tree, now let's add ornaments. Yeah, <laughs> people kind of have an arrogant spirit sometimes of wanting, kind of wanting to one-up mm-hmm. you, you know, like fishermen. Oh, look what I caught. Well, look what I caught. Yeah, well, look what I caught, you know, and... <laughs> It's weird, but it, it is. You see it in the Bible. Yeah. I'm a Paul. I'm a Cephas. I'm a Paulus. And Paul's like, come oh on, man. Yeah, stop planting water and be done. Let's go. Stop that foolishness. So, so this right here, uh, uh, Sabbatarianism literally is, and, and by the way, we see it in Exodus. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Let me, let me stop and interject here. Uh, where does this come from? Even before it's recorded in Exodus, mm-hmm. uh, creation. God created the world in six days on the seventh, seventh day. day he, rested. he rested. And so man began to do that. Uh, 
uh, which is really good because you phys- there's a lot of physical benefits and mental benefits oh of, of, of recognizing a Sabbath. I don't think it's right. which day of the week, but just taking a day of stopping right. and celebrating the, the works of your hands. And God saw on that Sabbath, he looked back those six days and said, it is good, it is good, it is good. And so there's just something therapeutic about right. Sabbath, just for the human body and the human psyche. But that it, right in the very beginning, God rested, kind yeah. of set the example for us. Yeah, and, and, and that the seventh day was Saturday. Correct. So First day of the week yeah. is Sunday, and the last day of the week is Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, uh, interesting how man hasn't changed any of that since God set it up. At any rate, I move on. So he says, I don't want to digress. Sarcasm can come out really fast with me. So it's I have not to, hard. I have to be careful. And I throw gasoline on those sarcastic sparks, so we're just can be in inferno yeah, in moments. Quickly. Uh, so in Exodus 31, 12 through 18, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. I know this is real comforting right here, but hold on, guys. Verse 16, therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So as we see this in Exodus 31, God makes it very, very clear that the the Sabbath in verse 16, therefore, because I just told you, I'm, if you don't observe it, I'm going to put you to death, so on and so forth. Uh, God took the Sabbath seriously. He took it very serious. And, but it was very, in this case, Old Testament guys, is very specific between Israel and God. And the reason it's very specific here is because God says, listen, I want you to take one day a week and rest and relax and remember me. Put him in the center. God. I have got to be the focal point. And you're like, well, you know, he's narcissistic God if he's going to kill him if they don't keep the Sabbath. He's a relational God. A relational God. Yeah, he loves us. And not only that, but they're his children. Israel was his chosen people, his children. And so you can say he's narcissistic. No, God says, I want obedience out of my children. He wanted to spotlight his kids. He put them on stage for the rest of the world to see. And they he, were on stage. And for they the were the, the they were the healthiest of people on yep. the group. They had the longest life expectancy because they followed that law that God gave them. Yeah. They did take That's that That's a great rest. point. It, it regenerated their bodies. It regenerated their mind. They were different. They yeah. obeyed God, and God's favor was upon them for it. Yeah, and, and so in 16, guys, it says, Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant covenant promise Promise. relational we enter into a marriage covenant Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, 17. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. And that's where things start getting a little complicated when we get into uh, worship on Sunday. Right. Okay. So, and that, and that's, and so how do we justify Sunday versus Saturday? And that, that's the, so it was a covenant with who? It was a covenant with God. A covenant with God with who? Israel. Israel. There's a very important key. And that's why I wanted to pull this passage up because God is making very clear what the Sabbath is and who the Sabbath is for. Very clear in the Old Testament why it was established and it was it was between God and Israel. It was an outward sign of the Jewish people of submission to God and receiving the benefit of it because, hey, you know, you go to an employer and say, hey, we're going to make you take a day off. Thank you. Know, right? it's like, <laughs> and, this is a blessing. It's yeah. not a curse. And God says to do it. And all of a sudden we're like, I got, I'm too busy to, I'm too busy to spend time with God who gave me life. Anyway, uh, again, I, that's my sarcasm is, gee, I've never seen that before, John. <laughs> this is where people are like, uh, Pastor Duke, you'd be better off to get rid of that other guy. It's back to the scriptures, back on John. So he says, right. in this view, man is to abstain from all labor except that which is necessary for the well benefit and the welfare of family and society. Other than that, listen, if your ox is in the ditch, get it out. But if your ox isn't in the ditch, man, then you 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 take this time and you set it aside for God. Yeah, he makes them, uh, you know, he made some opportunities. He, he used common sense on the Sabbath day. Yeah. Your ox falls in the ditch, get him out, you know. Uh, if your neighbor's hungry, go feed him. Go feed know? him. This isn't a problem. It isn't like you, you can't carry uh, a stick, you know, 50 feet, but you can carry, thir- you know, 49 <laughs> feet. That's where man gets in and adds to God's rules and so listen, screws listen, it all up. Uh, so we got problems with COVID. So therefore, uh, you can't meet after 10 o'clock at night before yeah, 5 a.m. Yeah. because you're still active time. after 10. You know? <laughs> know. That virus is going to come after you. It's a boogie virus after 10. Before that, it's it's okay. It's okay, nice sarcasm. Virus. Let's get back on it there. You started it. <laughs> you started right, it, John. <laughs> I'm his very fault. vulnerable to this. It's all his fault. <laughs> So then that, uh, all right, so the, the interpretation of the law contends that only on the literal Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, Saturday, can the requirements of the law be met. That's what this interpretation when people say, nope, you got it. And then we stop because then we come in with semi, <laughs> semi Sabbatarianism. Semi Sabbatarianism says, okay, wait a minute, let's make some adjustments. And so the semi-Sabbatarianism followers uh, go back as early as the 4th century A.D., and they believed essentially that Sabbatarians, uh, as, as the Sabbatarians did, uh, with the exception that they transferred its demands from Saturday to Sunday, the first day of the week. And, uh, and, uh, the which di- had been brewing for 400 years. It had, yeah. It had and, been happening. It and, wasn't and, like a brand new thing. And, and the reason behind it, was because they said, hey, wait a minute. So instead of Saturday, let's meet on Sunday on the day that Christ arose from the dead. There was significance to that. We're going to celebrate every week the day Christ rose from the dead. Yep. Sunday. That's the biblical um, motivation behind it. 
That's so when the can, switch started rolling. John and I don't rehearse where we're going with all of these things. Perhaps you can tell. Sometimes we <laughs> might should. The Lord historically so far has bailed us out and made us look good when in reality we're, we're not. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it, back in the book of Revelation, it's interesting, a little biblical uh, excerpt there. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, day when God was going to give the whole book of Revelation. That's pretty cool. But we're going to, we, we go back even prior to the uh, Sabbatarian thinking where the church and followers of Jesus are trying to define things and be organized. And I think all that's fine. But you're giving the clear history of, of what happened and right. when. But when you go right back to the time of Jesus, Jesus practiced the Sabbath. Uh, he followed the Jewish holidays. Uh, and then we have the crucifixion and the resurrection. He rises again on yeah. the first day of the week, uh, which is Sunday. So the Sabbath, he's in the grave. On Sunday, he rises from right. the uh, from the grave, and that and that is where the semi-Sabbatarianism followers exactly that's where they come in. Yeah. And so now, uh, what the semi-Sabbatarianism say is they go, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? We need to take one day a week and observe the Lord, just like the Old Testament law says to Same do." Same spirit. That's right. But we're going to do it on Sunday because that's when Christ rose. So it wasn't like they're just going, oh, I'm going to pick a day I want. We on that. We don't care about that. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not Jewish. I'm, not, I'm going to pick Sunday. Uh, the reality is there was a real good reason for this. And as we're going to see through Scripture, Paul has no problems with it. Mm-hmm. That's a huge point. Paul has no problems with, with uh, whether you meet on Saturday or you meet on Sunday. And, and we're going to talk about that. But I want to give you a little more uh, history on on how it gets here so um a legend recounted in the so-called uh apocalypse of peter and we're not even going to get into that dates back to the second century ad and is generally accepted as a false writing just Mm -hmm. so if you go back and you read apocalypse of peter forget it that's like i was reading uh, the other day and i came across a book called secret mark I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, well, I'll be glad. <laughs> Let me 66 you, books of the Bible have satisfied me quite well. Right? But, uh, so um, I'm looking at this, and, and here's one of the things in Secret Mark. In Secret Mark, it says, you know, when Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, and this is a little bit off topic, but it's okay. because um, It's your podcast. It's you according to John. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, Secret Mark <clears throat> says that when Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying right before his arrest. And then he gets arrested and they're taking him off. And there's a young, it says that there's a young man that was following him who had just a tunic on. They grabbed him by the tunic. He let go of the tunic and ran off. He was naked. So all he had on was a tunic, which was not proper clothing. Secret Mark says that Jesus and Mark that Mark was Jesus's young man. Oh boy. Yeah. Don't read secret Mark. Uh, I'll write that down. Yeah. Don't read that. Secret, leave secret Mark a secret yeah. because it, it absolutely is false. And, 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 and here's the crazy thing. It was uh, confirmed by a gay Catholic priest, mm-hmm. which makes it even worse because 
you know, with the, the influence that the Catholic church has, and then you have someone, but that John, that's an example of Satan's continuous assault on the word of God, yeah. trying to add to, or take from the scriptures. Right. And if he can take anything, uh, add something to the scriptures that would kind of defame Jesus. Well, that's exactly Why what Satan, and he's right. been doing that forever and will continue to do so. Right. So apocalypse of Peter. Yeah, don't read it. Save yourself some time because it, it falls along. It's just, uh, it's a false writing. But I think um, as, as Christian leaders, we are responsible to know what's happening so we can protect our flock right. from these things. We can speak uh, Great point. I've read the book, I've read the Quran from cover to cover twice because I need to be aware of what's in there so I right. can minister to people properly. So in, in this, it uh, the reason I bring up Apocalypse of Peter is because uh, that also was a quote unquote book or a writing that transfers uh, uh, to Sunday all the requirements of the Sabbath worship, but it's, it's a false book. I don't have a problem with scriptures and, and what we're going to see on why we worship on Sundays now, but I do have a problem with false books and all the junk that's in it. But in, in Apocalypse of Peter uh, is one of the arguments for it. Don't read the book. I just brought it up. I probably shouldn't you have brought see, it up. You see, Satan's <clears throat> continuous attack upon the church to confuse the church, to frustrate the church, to divide the church. This mm-hmm. is one of the topics that throughout the centuries right. has been an issue. And that's why we're bringing, uh, Trying we need to, to settle yeah. this. We need to, everybody settle this in your heart. You, it, and you have to have all the information on it. So uh, there was a man named Albertus Magnus. Albertus Magnus, and he added to this this growing movement of semi-Sabbatarianism, uh, to, but he wanted it divided in two parts. And the two parts that he wanted it divided into was the moral command uh, to observe a day of rest after laboring the previous six days, and then he wanted also the ceremonial symbol that applied only to the Jews in a literal sense. And so he's like, hey, let's just divide it up, look at these two things, and uh, uh, this is what we're going to push for the semi uh, sabbatarianism Well, then Thomas Aquinas, uh, or do you call it Aquinas? I say Aquinas. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> I said Aquinas because I just wanted to see if it would rise you, but you were like, yeah, you you kept writing, and I'm going, doggone, man. I didn't get what I was hoping for. So Thomas Aquinas uh, elevated this proposal as well to the status of official Roman Catholic doctrine. Okay? And so, again, uh, and then, of course, as time moved on, uh, it gained favor with a lot of Reformed theologians. And so that is really the history behind and the people behind moving from Saturday to Sunday and some of the reasons. And obviously it goes way deeper, but I've only got a a short podcast. Yeah, I've got a, a long view, which you're giving the historical events, the councils, the people that spoke, and they're, they're looking for, I'm not condemning these people for this. They're, they're looking for clarification. Uh, but to me, the clarification was already there right? before them getting together 400 years later and determining to me, that's all already settled when I read the Bible. And, uh, I'm asked this question, um, a lot through the years. This is a very common question. It's asked for people that have come to Christ, they're growing, and then they hear the controversy, and they don't want to fuss, they don't want to fight, but they, they want to stand, and they don't want to be right. confused. Right. And, that's, and, that's, and and a lot of them need answers. Yeah, that's that's exactly why we're doing this podcast, because it's a, it's a very common 
a divisive thing in, in the right. Church of Jesus, and it's been divisive for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the long view that we're giving, and we're you know we're kind of midstream on that. But there, there's a shorter view of that for somebody to just oh okay, and the shorter view is God established the the Sabbath in Genesis right at the beginning. Number two, those that followed God uh, practiced the Sabbath even before the law was given by Moses, there already was Sabbath worship. Yeah, great point. So the Sabbath was before the law. Mm -hmm. Sabbath was clearly given in the law, as as you've read those scriptures. And And, and not only given in the law, but explained why. Explained why. Which is beautiful because... The covenant with Israel. Yeah, to um, to understand why. Because sometimes we just were told, and we're like, okay, that doesn't settle with me because I don't know why. But there's some deep theology in the simple the simple view. It is. God made this covenant with Israel for this purpose to be a blessing to them, give them some rest, refresh them bodily, refresh them mentally, so they can go back to work and be and most keep productive. them very close to Him and yeah, and centered on Him. Yeah. The day of worship. Yeah, uh, there were things that the law included they were not able to do. They weren't able to sell. You know, shut down the stores. Right. Uh, our country, I remember having the blue laws as a little boy. Right. Shut down, and we did fine. Oh, you you know? couldn't, listen, so everything was shut down on Sundays or at least shut down until after church. I remember that as a kid. You couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays, and then they made it a law where you couldn't buy alcohol until after church. And then, of course, yeah. eventually they took that away as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude. They, like, the influence of the Bible and Christianity yeah. upon our nation. Yeah. So uh, then you have... The New Testament. Jesus uh, fulfills the law. Right. Jesus establishes his church. The nation of Israel is the bride of Jehovah. The church is the bride of Christ. There's a difference. Jesus has administered to his church. There's not a difference between Jehovah and Jesus. There's a difference in the dispensation mm-hmm. of Jehovah and Jesus. The, God the, the Father, way, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the way he communicated with man changed i think it was eight times throughout history and i think a leading scripture on that is christ is the end of the law for righteousness to them who believe we are no longer under the levitical law we are under grace yes things changed in the new testament uh it was no longer necessary to bring a lamb or a blood sacrifice because christ was the once and for all sacrifice so the simple answer is the levitical law the ceremonial part of the levitical law was finished in jesus he fulfilled it he completed it it is finished so there's no longer the need for the priesthood as they had known it the priesthood has been complete christ is our high priest so you get this whole new testament fullness the old testament brought us to christ and in in christ brings us to the father old things uh, of the jewish uh, levitical law uh, the the ceremonial law that's all finished in Christ. He fulfilled that. Now the moral part of the law, the, the thou shalt nots, that's all. The moral part is still here. Well, and the reason it's there is because the moral part shows us we're sinners. Exactly. With, with that, listen, without the law, you don't know you're a sinner. The Bible says the the, the law simply points to. The law is our schoolmaster to point it's out we're master, a mess. Yeah. We need a savior, Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah, contrary to those who think they're awesome, you're a mess. <laughs> so so in this in this 
fulfillment of the Old Testament launching into the New Testament church age, there was a conflict. There was like, well, what, what part do we give up? Well, we know we don't need to bring a sacrifice. Christ is our sacrifice. Uh, so they, they were struggling to try to figure that out. And that's what's happening in the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit was guiding the church. And that's where I want to take us to the book of Acts. See, so, God's fitting this thing together. Uh, man, this is, I, I love, I love when Jesus does this, right? So he here's where the, we were going. <laughs> <laughs> so scripture never mentions any uh, Sabbath gatherings by believers for fellowship or worship in the New Testament. Huge point. God can speak by telling us to do this or not to do this, yeah. and he chooses to be silent. He yeah. said, Old Testament, that was then, that was all been fulfilled. Now it's the New Testament. It's the New Testament. Now the spirit of the Sabbath, same. Yeah, I, listen, if you want to worship on the Sabbath, praise Jesus. I mean, that's all good. But as we look into the New Testament, uh, scripture never mentions them coming together except for on the first day of the week. And let's look at Acts 20, verse 7, which uh, is one of the, uh, it's an inst- for instance, if you will. Verse 7, now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Boy, try to peace. Reach till midnight now. They're gone. <laughs> um, but we see, you know what? It was the first day of the week that they got together uh, and they broke bread. Then we also see in Corinthians where Paul urges the, the Corinthian believers on the first day of the week. So we see 1 Corinthians 16 it, 2. It was becoming the New Testament tradition. It's what it was. It's not commanded nope. by God and nope. it's it's not condemned by God. Right. So so which means in the New Testament the Sabbath wasn't commanded or condemned. Mm-hmm. And meeting on the first day of the week wasn't commanded or condemned. What it, was commanded was to keep a day set aside holy for God. There you go. There's the answer. <laughs> it's not that complicated. Uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> no, on no, 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 we go a little bit deeper. <laughs> So, yeah, so as we look at this on uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, prosper, there may may be no collections when I come. And so on the first day of the week, you bring your tithes into the storehouse. Now, let me, let me interject here. Old Testament, I mean, almost every book of the Old Testament, you have a mention of Sabbath because that was the outward sign that people were being compliant. You know, they're, they're going, they're going to the, uh, they're taking a day off in, in the spirit of God. They're looking to the Lord. They're practicing the Sabbath in the new Testament. Never once do you see a mention of it. It's everywhere in the old Testament and it's nowhere right. in the new Testament, but the spirit of the Sabbath is all through the new it's Testament. all through it out. And yep. you're giving you right now. I see you giving verse after verse after verse from the new Testament affirming this. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Rome, uh, Paul continues. <clears throat> so the last one was the first Corinthians 16 two. Now we are in, uh, uh, seven, uh, second Corinthians nine 12. And he says in nine 12 for the, uh, administration of this service, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many, uh, thanksgivings to God. And so if you, if you, and, th- and this verse links back to First Corinthians sixteen two, that the giving is a service, or the administration of this service tells what the tithe does. It 
helps support the church. Second uh, Corinthians nine twelve goes back to First Corinthians sixteen two on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's just finishing the the uh, his sharing of the of the passages. Go ahead, you were taking my breath, getting ready. <laughs> okay, the the early church was struggling. They wanted their Jews that had been promised a Jewish Messiah who would be savior of the world, not just Jews. But they're, they're coming from the Jewish uh, foundation, the Jewish practice, and now they know Christ fulfilled that. And they're feeling their way through. We see they're no longer under the dietary law. That the issue came across uh, right. for Peter. You know, the Lord had to send that sheet down from heaven full of all these animals, both clean and unclean. Peter and, was a little slow, man. Yeah, God told him three times. <laughs> he, he three was, times on several either, occasions. Well, he was a man, and he was probably a Baptist, so I had to right. three times. And and so he had to, it was I'm kosher. I don't ever. I've never eaten anything unclean in my life. And God said, "Don't call unclean what I call clean." So God was it wasn't like well god changed god did not change god fulfilled that is a great point because you know if you look at seventh day adventists they um a little hard a little hard on that law they're very yeah they're very coherent with them but i respect them i respect them for that respect them a thousand percent but they're like oh wait a minute i can't have anything unclean i can't have shellfish or or shrimp because they're bottom feeders i can't have uh anything with a split hoof i can't have and so it goes on and on but then uh and god lowers all this stuff down on a sheet to peter and peter's like whoa no 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 that's unclean that's unclean he goes wait a minute we're not under the law it's a new dispensation we're under grace and don't call unclean what I call clean. And people would say, well, God doesn't change, which is true, but God fulfills. And there's your answer. God fulfilled that. And that was then. And this is now that was a covenant with the Jewish people. Peter, I'm going to send you a couple of days. You're going to go up to Caesarea. You're going to minister to Gentile people who have never been under the law. And, and, and Peter goes up and he meets Cornelius, uh, from the Italian band, my Italian population, my church always remind me the first Gentiles saved were Italians. And uh, he's sitting down, has his first uh, ham sandwich with them. And he was a little nervous. He has a ham sandwich. It's not in the scriptures, but he, <laughs> it is in the scriptures that he ate non-kosher food. But God had to really set right, him yeah, up. Yeah, we don't know if it's a them. ham sandwich, but it, it was, was either BLT or yeah. ham. I'm not sure. I'm BLT in for the BLT too. Man. Okay, the one. So he he extra, has a BLT uh, extra B. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he, <laughs> he he he. It, that was hard for him yeah. because he was transitioning out from how things were to how things are. People say, well, God doesn't change. That is true, but God does fulfill. God gave that covenant to Israel, Mm -hmm. uh, the the dietary thing. He gave the the Sabbath to Israel. Now the spirit uh, of uh, of food, (laughs) everything's been given to be received with thanksgiving. I think think secretly every Seventh-day Adventist hides in his closet and eats bacon. (laughs) Invite me, I'll come. I'll bring my own bacon. The the meat candy right there, man. But it's interesting. So Peter, uh, and, and God pours out his spirit upon the Holy right. Spirit, and Peter's amazed that he gets it. He's he's no longer kosher. He's Christian. Yes. He doesn't cease to be Jewish. He just right. He's just the fulfillment of all that. And God, has, he, he kept that, and Christ fulfilled the law. That was then. This is now. Uh, I can I can eat this. So he goes back to the to the early church. To, he's one of the apostles, and he sits down and tells them what happened. They're they're mad. Yeah. You ate what kind of sandwich? That's not. And then Acts and then, chapter fifteen. If you're wondering what he's talking about, it's yeah, Acts chapter fifteen. Yeah, they're they're having a little conflict over okay. that. Uh, he gets in trouble with the other apostles. You can't eat that. And then he told him the dream. Mm. 
And yeah. Paul calls him a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a big, yeah, dis- there's, there's, listen, there's an a, it's, it's an issue, right? And so they have the aha moment in the early church. They're seeking, they're transitioning from the law to right. grace. They're well, tra- because what they're, what, it, what brought them together in Acts chapter 15 was circumcision. Do the Gentiles have to be circumcised to be Christian? You see, there again, you have circumcision kind of transitioning. Yep. You have Sabbath uh, worship versus the, the Lord's Day. Uh, you have the dietary thing. We They kind of already had this symbol, uh, the, the priesthood thing down. They seem to right. get over that pretty quickly and no longer having to bring uh, an, an animal. And animals. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the first part of it. And then God, God initiated the dietary thing. He did. God initiated the first day of the week thing. Uh, and the he didn't recommend it. And all. Yeah. And so they were learning. The church yeah. was transitioning. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, it was very clear that uh, it wasn't forbidden that they worship on the Sabbath, but they were very much clearly worshiping on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, yeah. I think, to show the Lord's death and to show the Lord's resurrection. Christ fulfilled all of that. Right. Yeah. And, and historically... And it dates all the way back to the first century. Christians would meet on Sunday, no longer meeting on Saturday. We're not Jews. We're not We're Jews. Christians. We're, that's right. Exactly. And and so, and that's where some people have a struggle making that. And, and, and like even my, uh, when my mother-in-law and I, when we would talk and, and of course we have, we have great, love you, mom. We have great conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. And she said, we just feel that we need to honor, keep honoring the Sabbath. I honor that. I respect that. And, uh, and listen, when I've preached in the, in the Sabbath church, I'm like, Hey guys, man, God has called us to keep the Sabbath. Holy. I'm not going to talk about Sunday. Why would I talk about Sunday when they honor the Sabbath? We honor the Sabbath on Sunday. They honor the Sabbath on Saturday, but you know what? We love the same Jesus. Yeah, when I when I'm in Rome, I speak as a Roman. When I'm a Greek, that's right. I would gladly speak in their churches and worship uh, my brains out with them I on love, Saturday. Yeah, and invite I them, them to come to my church and do it again on, right. on the Lord's Day. I know. Yeah, let's do it back to back. Make yeah. a weekend out of it. Uh, yeah. So, so here's the interesting thing, uh, guys. Let, let me help you out here. The day does not matter, and you might be listening to this going, it does matter. Are Christian missionaries to Islamic countries, you know what day they worship on? The day. Friday. The, because that's the Friday, day they because worship. Because the nation shuts down, and they honor they honor Allah. Well, the Christians honor Jesus, right. the Son of God. They just do it the same day. It, it, it's the whole the whole culture right. is set up that that's the day you do it on. Right. And I don't think God's angry. That, oh, those those terrible missionaries! They're worshiping. They're having church on Friday, and then the right. Jew. Uh, I've I've been in the, the uh, in Israel, and we we helped start a couple churches. We started an Arab church in Bethlehem. We started a, 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 a mostly a Jewish church in Jerusalem. Uh, both of these churches had baby churches and they meet on the Sabbath. They meet because the Lord's day is a work day. Well, and that's Israel. And so I, we have churches that, that we, our missionaries have in Islamic countries have church on Friday. Our Jewish churches have church on Saturday in Israel and the rest of us have church on Sunday. And that's, we have a revival meeting. We'll have church every day. (laughs) (laughs) So let me bring this together and show you that Paul legit, doesn't care what day you honor the Lord's day. Romans chapter 14 verses one through 12. And 
what really helped me to bring this about mm-hmm. was because of my discussion with the the guy that uh, was Seventh Day Adventist who said. Uh, you're going to hell if you don't go to church on Saturday. And I went, that can't be right because a little bit extreme. Well, because what happens is that makes it works on my part. I got to go to church on a certain day to go to heaven. Okay. I'm in Uh, what Jesus says. The grace only kicks in on one day. It does exactly. And I'm going, man, wait a minute. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one get to heaven unless they, uh, uh, except through me, uh, Romans 10, nine and 10 for with uh, a heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made on the, under salvation. Uh, you know, if we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. Uh, and then it goes on for with the heart, right? Anytime you start mingling works with salvation, you're, you know, you're lights are flashing. Stop, yeah. stop, stop. That's that, not that should be an immediate, an, an immediate screaming alarm. red light, red light. That's right. Screamer. Yeah. So, so when he said it, I was like, man, you know what? So then I challenged him to a debate. <laughs> no, John, like, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable with that. And so, <laughs> and I went, Hey, you know what, man, I'll, I'll debate you on this. Well, well, he never took me up on the debate, but so today, uh, and maybe he'll listen to the podcast today. I want you to see what Paul says. And the truth is, this is what's in the Bible. And so we're going to take this and we're going to hold on to it. And the whole chapter is given to the controversial uh, things they were wrestling with in their day. Yes. Well, and it's interesting because you said earlier, as when you and I were talking and you, the three things that we looked at was one, they were wrestling with the diet. They were wrestling with the day. And then they were wrestling with, uh, so it was the diet, the day, and what the priesthood. Was the, yeah, the priesthood. Mm-hmm. So here we go with the day and the diet, verse uh, fourteen one. So they're having this this dispute, and Paul says, "Okay, let me let me bring clarity." He says, "Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things." Wait a minute, they doubtful were struggling. Things? They were they were struggling, and he says that he. He noted, he calls the ones that were struggling with things that don't matter. He calls them weak in the faith. Yep. They're trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. Yep. And so he says, listen, receive the one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. And so now we're looking at, uh, listen, if you're disputing, uh, you're weak in the faith. If you're disputing, especially over things that don't matter. It's one thing to dispute over doctrine, but now we're disputing over things that don't matter. These are what he's saying, and doubtful things. In other words, we don't have clarity on this, so let me let me help you get a little bit of clarity. Verse 2, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only... <laughs> is he calling vegetarians weak? <laughs> Sounds like a vegan. Uh, a vegan, yeah. I like I like my... Kind of weak. Uh, not kind of. Come on, you're trying to be nice, man. <laughs> Look, let's, let me read this again. For the one believes uh uh let's see yeah for one believes he may eat all things but the one who is weak eats only vegetables <laughs> thinks he's strong Either, i like i like bacon i like I'm, if you're if you're a vegan man god bless you i'm just i'm just busting your chops right now not not your pork chops because obviously you don't have any <laughs> you know but what he's getting at here in the passage, I will get you on chart, get you back on rail here, Johnny, because I derail real quick too. 
what, what they're getting at you here like the pork chops, is that people you? think that I'm more spiritual than you because right. I don't eat this, right? Or I'm I'm less right. spiritual, and so he's like, "Come on, man, just uh, I hate to quote George, George, uh, Biden on that, but you know, come on, man, just, <laughs> just get back to what is God really trying to communicate here? Right. You're trying to make a big deal out of nothing. Yeah, in other words, what he's really saying is. Listen, if you eat vegetables and you're complaining about the guy that eats meat, you're the weak one because you're the one complaining about what doesn't matter. Yeah, you're perfect. Perfectly said. But you didn't like my pork chops joke? I did. <laughs> I'm a little... So that, then he goes on in verse 3. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go have Chinese for lunch. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, verse 3. Let. <laughs> I like the pork chops. I'm just saying. Verse three, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats for God's received him. Both of them. Listen, if you eat vegetables, eat vegetables. If you eat meat, eat meat. Don't judge one another. Don't attack one another. Don't go after one another. Neither one's better than the other one and God will receive both. If you eat vegetables as under the Lord, hallelujah. If you eat meat as under the Lord, hallelujah. hallelujah. That's legit what he's saying. Amazing I mean, I was how- having fun earlier. Um, but that's that's Paul saying, yeah. guys, quit. There's the answer. Just stop, stop it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary when we are on the same <laughs> phraseology. So then we get into verse four. <clears throat> Who are you to judge another servant? Mm-hmm. Wow. If who we are, would, who do you think you are? If we would grab that one, who are you to judge God's child? God will judge His child. To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. Verse five, one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Oh, you know what that comes down to? Work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling. Whatever you do, you be convinced that it's glorifying God and that God has given you permission to do it. I'd like to take it back to when this was all new to me. I'm the, I'm the newbie. I'm loving Jesus. I want to be right on everything, and I don't care what God says. Just show me, and I'll obey it. God, if you want me yeah, to— Yeah, you were an extremist, yes, fem- sir. Uh, 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 a fundamentalist. Yes, sir, man. I just I'm I was the, about to say feminist, but I got <laughs> No, no, no. Myself. I've been guilty of everything, but that one I'm, I'm innocent on. Amen and Amen. <laughs> So I remember struggling and I get in conflicts with people. I didn't mean to. I, I like I like to get along with people, yeah. but you know, and then people would attack me. Well, you're yeah. not saved if you right. worship on on Sunday. Right. Well, you're not saved if you don't speak in tongues. So you're not saved, and you know that they're freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, I, because you do like you you do want people to like you. I do. I'm guilty. Of I'm that. not. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because you have way more followers than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not a compromiser. That's the thing. I, I don't uh, want to be a compromiser. I think you. I think you'd stand on the word. I just think that you want people to like you. I do. I'm guilty. That's Pray right. for me. Yeah, I will. I do. But <laughs> here in this in this battle, I'm, that's I'm going busting on. your chops, <laughs> not your pork. Yeah, your pork chops because you pork chops. <laughs> you know, I got pork chops in the fridge. I'm raising yeah. my own pigs next year. That's another podcast. Are okay? you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you better I, be nice. Can tonight. I put one in the pen? Yeah, I'm your I'm your brother. So I'm in. All right, go. I'm, I love you, dude. <laughs> so all you got to do is get a pig. Johnny's your friend, okay? Extra bacon. Okay, I'm going to milk this one here. So <laughs> I have the upper hand right now. So bacon, 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 bacon. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be you like a little up, dog on the bacon bit or the bacon strips. You just lit up, man. Bacon, I got. Bacon, bacon. I'm going to use that to lord over you here, That's bro. So funny. But 
I remember going through these initial battles where we're trying to help you through yours because yeah. we had <laughs> Forget ours. what we're doing. We're just trying. But the Bible says, <laughs> let any man who lack wisdom mm-hmm. ask of God, right. who giveth to all men liberal. And I remember when I would struggle and then I would get down and I would pray, say, God, I, I just want to do the right thing. Show me. And then God would say, okay, well, I want to sh- I'll, I'll show you what's the right thing, but then you be a nice guy. We have our position and we have our disposition and both of them are important. Yeah. And, and, but I think you had, the, you had the key, uh, Lord, I, I just want to be right with you. That's I it. do. I just want to do what's right. Be what's right. And if I get persecuted it. for that, that's okay. Cause I love you, Jesus. And yeah. blessed are you when all men shall revile you and speak evil against you falsely. But we don't want to let a, a molehill thing become a mountain, and that's exactly what he's he's saying here in his clear- whole chapter. It really is. He's saying, listen, it doesn't matter what you eat, whether you're eating vegetables or you're eating meat. Um, man, listen, whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God and quit, judge- excuse me, quit judging one another. And then we get into uh, verse five, and he's he picks he picks up on the next subject that is this massive debate. But I can also understand why it's a massive debate because uh, here we have the church has started in Acts, and now they're telling them to meet on Sundays, and they're telling them to bring the uh, tithe in on the Sundays, and they're uh, uh, every day that you see that their meeting is on a Sunday, and the Jews are going, "Whoa, wait a minute! What about the law? The law? The law? The law?" And they're trying to hold on to what God no longer is using at this point. And they, they weren't evil for that. But, no. But once, but the, the, the evil part here it's exposing is the arrogance that can come. Yeah. If That's I have a, a great position, point. If I have a position yeah. and I'm arrogant about it, well, then I, I fail the disposition test. Right. And uh, this whole chapter is talking about disposition even a little bit more than position yeah he's kind of saying the position on on me either way if, do what you want do what you want man you know what just do, it, do it unto the lord there you go there's the answer do it unto the lord in five he says one person esteems one day above another another esteems every day alike let each be fully convinced in his own mind verse six he who observes the day, and by the way the day it's a little d so he's just talking about the day that you observe to worship He's not pointing out, do it this way, don't do it that. Nope. That's huge. Yeah. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives uh, and gives God thanks. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, wh- whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So quit fighting about things that don't matter. Remember the doubtful things in, in 14.1? Then he goes into 9. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. That's the important thing. That's the key. And that, it, it starts to get simple, doesn't it? Yeah, let's just get hung up on Jesus. There you go. I'm with you, John. That, that's and and these people that are fighting over Saturday or Sunday, uh, vegetarians or or meat eaters. That guys, it, it doesn't matter. Let's let's get hung up over what matters, not the doubtful things, as Paul says in fourteen one. Then he goes on into verse ten. Why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. What I did not, the word that I left out is in verse 10. He gives all this from 14, 1 through 9. And then in 10, he says, but. 
Well, none of this matters, uh, but you are arguing over what doesn't matter. Why? And then he goes on in verse 11, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. Every tongue shall confess to God. Verse 12, and this is where I'm going to end because I'm telling you, this is huge. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. So what was happening on the inside was maybe even more important than what was happening on the outside. They were fussing about it and God's saying, just shut up. Yeah. Seek me. I'll guide you through this thing. And uh, focus on Christ died, was buried and rose again. Get that message That's out it. to the ends of the earth. Show the world that we really are his disciples because we what? Oh, we love, love one another. And we, yeah, we love one another. Uh, 13. 13. Therefore, I love the word therefore. Therefore, because of everything I said in uh, 14.1 through 12, therefore, because of that, anytime you see a therefore, you go back and find out what it's there for. So he says, therefore, let us not, not, you got that word, not, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. You know, I have a, a major life manner based on this, that when I have a, a Christian, somebody loves Jesus, hopefully loves me too, and we might disagree on something. I have some Pentecostal friends that I might disagree with on uh, certain manifestation gifts, uh, tongues, uh, certain manner of healing or whatever. But in front of unbelievers, I would never bring that up. Right. In fact, I have some excellent friends that don't quite agree with me on everything. And I think that's our opportunity not to compromise the word of God. I don't think he's wrong for not believing mine. And we, we're just great friends. Right. And I'm not going to fuss over that. Now, he believes in Jesus as much as I do. He died, was buried, rose again, coming again, godly living. But don't, don't fuss. Just be kind, well, be kind one to another. And especially uh, as Paul's saying, and it's one thing if Paul just, you know, through verse 13 out, let us not judge one another anymore, rather resolve this, right? But he talks about what the this is. It doesn't matter what you eat. It doesn't matter what day you observe the Lord. What matters is that you do it to God's glory. There you go. And he says, resolve it. If you got, listen, if you got conflict because... Uh, someone is doing a church different than you resolve it because it doesn't matter as long as they're loving Jesus and putting Jesus first. If they're teaching false doctrine, we got a problem, but on doubtful things, there should not be a problem. Resolve it. So why do we meet on Sundays? Well, in the book of Acts, it starts out on the first day of the week. Nowhere through the New Testament does it say to meet on the Sabbath. Nowhere do you see Christians meeting uh, on the Sabbath in the New Testament. You see it in the Old Testament. Exodus, Exodus makes it very clear why it's in the New Testament, who it's for, the promise of Israel between Israel and God. When we get to the New Testament, Paul says, stop, stop fighting over this because the Jews are trying to keep the law and in the New Testament, Paul's saying there's no law on this anymore. So whatever day you want to serve and operate and, and love the Lord on, you choose that day, but then you be faithful to it. God will honor that, and he will bless you for it. 
Don't cause a problem because we don't need it. Do not fight over doubtful things. I pray that you find a day that you honor the Lord and that you do it in a group setting because you cannot do it as an individual. We need the church to grow, to be challenged, and to constantly stay on track. So I pray you find a wonderful church, one that teaches the gospel and is true to the word of God, that grows people, it grows you, and encourages you to go out and grow more people. God bless you. I hope this answered your question. Thank you for joining us on According to John. If you uh, got benefit out of this, like, share, follow, subscribe. And until next week, God bless.